Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Rebel Report. I am Michael Borky, back from Nashville. Just got home, got the little guy to bed. He is, uh, I'm looking at the monitor. He's actually listening to me through the very thin wall that separates us. But that's okay. I got him to bed. Uh, after uh, after a great week in Nashville, and now I want to talk to you guys uh, about it. So it was Ole Miss Day uh, tomorrow, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about Kiffin's Day, play a couple cuts for you as uh, as well from his press conference. Tomorrow is when I'll upload the player interviews. Uh, got all three players, and uh, I'll give you uh, Richard's short conversation uh, with Kiffin as well. That'll be uploaded uh, tomorrow in tomorrow's edition uh, of of this show, so be on the lookout for that. But today is more of like a reaction of what I saw and heard on Old Miss Day. So thank you guys for tuning in. Glad that you've tuned in all week. Hope the coverage on the radio was good. Hope you enjoyed it because um, I did. I certainly did. It was a it was a really good week. And quite frankly, and we'll start here after I tell you to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky B O R K E Y. And if you're listening to this on the website in the browser. Don't do that. Pull out your phone, your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. Okay, so I enjoy media days. I think it's a lot of fun. Four days of people just talking about football in the middle of the the summer really appeals to me. And so, so I enjoyed it. However, this week was a little uh, calmer than most. That's not even the right word. Boring. Seriously, that, that's kind of the word I'll use. It. You had a lot of coaches come through that really didn't say anything at all. And, and that's usually the case. It's usually coach speaky. But I learned less about most of the teams in the SEC this week than I probably ever have. Um, a, a lot of schools didn't really have that much star power uh, from what you're used to or didn't bring their stars. Kentucky's got a quarterback that I'm really high on. He wasn't there. That was the vibe all week. It was fun. It was a good time. We, we had good content on the radio show. Uh, all that. Like, all that was good. But nobody moved any needle uh, at all. All week long. Until the last day. So, it, quite frankly, I think Lane Kiffin kind of sa- saved an otherwise really, uh, really low-key uh, week at what has become a, a larger and larger event Every year, Lane Kiffin was kind of a star today, and I know that that um, it doesn't matter to a lot of people uh, what what happens at media days and who won and what your takeaways and stuff. There are a lot of people that are like, "I couldn't care less; just get me to football." But I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking at this uh, objectively. I was there every day, and I had to build content every day. Lane Kiffin was the quote unquote winner, if that matters to you at all of SEC media days. He was by far the most interesting coach. He was by far the most interesting interview. What he said, by far, 
made the most waves, and uh, it was good. I, I thought he was really, really good today. In his element is probably the best way I can I can describe it. He really thrives on talking about big picture stuff, and, and when he wants to, he can really work a room as well, and, and he did that today. Um, I, I was impressed, and, and coaches talking doesn't impress me much, and, and quite frankly, Lane Kiffin talking usually is is almost never impressive, uh, because when you get down to asking him about game plans and personnel and stuff, he really doesn't like talking about that. And so yeah, you guys know this. He'll, his voice will come down a few octaves. And, uh, yeah, we, we hope he plays on Saturday. And, and that's really all he does because talking to the media about that kind of stuff doesn't interest him at all, and, and he wears that emotion on his sleeve. But today, um, he, this, this is going to sound kind of cheesy, but whatever. Uh, he smiled a lot. He was really funny. He's the only coach that got laugh out louds at every, in, in every room for different things. Um, talked really eloquently about NIL and the problems facing it in, in the portal. And he obviously came in with an agenda, but he articulated it really well. He was really good today. Does that matter? No. What matters is what you do on the football field. But uh, for the middle of the summer, Ole Miss and Ole Miss's coach at a media event that featured all 14 coaches in the SEC and three players from each school, Ole Miss was the biggest needle mover this week. Objectively speaking, by far the biggest needle mover this week. I think Andy Staples, I haven't listened to it yet, but I think he teased his podcast by saying Lane Kiffin saved. Hey, here, I'll, I'll pull it up. I, I should have it pulled up uh, anyway. But, uh, yeah, the, the the sentiment was that, that he was the best, and he saved it uh, for last. So th- there is something uh, that happened as a result of um, – Here's the the headline, by the way. Andy Staples. Today's show is live. Lane Kiffin and Joe Tessitore. I don't know what Tessitore did. Save us from boredom is how he teased uh, his his show today. So, uh, yeah. Needle mover. Lane Kiffin. He he did it today, if that means anything to you at all. But as a result of what he said, because he said things like, it's a disaster. He said that the transfer transfer portal and the way it's structured is ultimately bad for college football. He used NFL. He used professional examples. He he talked about Tom Brady, LeBron James, uh, for example. Mentioned that in their leagues, two of the most prominent sports figures in my lifetime can't leverage three paydays in three years. Can't leverage free agency every single year, even though LeBron kind of has done that later in his career. Um, But the most valuable athletes on earth don't have the power that college football players have. And people, some of which that don't work at the SEC Network, some disingenuous clowns at Fox Sports Radio, uh, only see the headlines and didn't listen to anything that he said at all. Um, because he made it a point the entire time to say multiple things. Don't blame the players for it. They're doing... He even pointed at all the media in the room and said, they're, they're only doing exactly what you would do. So it's not their fault. And repeatedly said, I'm happy they're making money. I want them to make money. They should. But they have 
they're they're in a market that is so unregulated. Tom Brady doesn't or didn't even have the rights that Quinshawn Judkins had had he chosen to to take that route, and he didn't. He obviously didn't hit the portal and stayed at Ole Miss. But his larger point was, you've got billion dollar athletes that are more restricted than $50,000 athletes. And that structure can be destructive. So I tweeted about it earlier. If you follow me, I I shared the clip I shouldn't have, but um, Fox Sports Radio, Rob Parker and uh, David Justice uh, called, they did five minutes on how Lane is a hypocrite and stuff like that. And I expect it from from a, a garbage Fox Sports radio show. I mean, that's what they do. There's there's no substance or depth in what they do. Doug Gottlieb, I'm sure Gottlieb's got some thoughts on it. it people like that are going to say things like that, and it's whatever, because there there is no depth whatsoever in my business. There, there's not. People just... They read headlines and they fire off dumbass takes. Forgive my language. And and you get stuff like that. But uh, I was driving home today and, and I got uh, a couple of texts uh, from people talking about what Feinbaum said. And th- this is a, a, a huge issue that, that I would have if I worked at Ole Miss. It bothers me uh, to my core, it, relating to Ole Miss or not. But... Apparently, Feinbaum today, and, and I read his quotes and, and found the clip as I was driving. Don't do that. It was very dangerous. But um, I, I found the clips and I listened to it. And what was said on the Feinbaum show today was spoken by somebody that didn't listen to him. Not just Paul, but a guest that he had on the show, too. And that... For, for a few reasons, drives me crazy. One, if I were Keith Carter, there's nothing he can do, I guess, but uh, th- that press conference where Lane spoke really well on the balance of the players making money is really good, but hey, here's why the current system isn't. Revenue sharing's a good idea in theory, but here's where that could get messy. It was very eloquent. It was very good. That aired on the SEC Network. And you've got people on the Southeastern Conference Network talking about what Lane Kiffin said while clearly demonstrating they didn't listen to him. And when that is going on on the Feinbaum show, and for better or for worse, it's for worse, he is the most prominent college football opinion maker on the largest platform in sports, ESPN. They turn to him for college football analysis, and it's always lowbrow and garbage, because that's what it is. And so for, for the conference to, to allow that to go on, it, it, it drives me crazy. It's lowbrow, it's unserious, um, I tell people not to get frustrated by it, and here I am getting frustrated by it, but what I will tell you is what was said on that show was said by people that didn't listen to him. It's an unserious thing. It is lowbrow. It is for the lowest common denominator. 
There is no depth. There is no intellect. There is no. There, it's garbage, is what it is, and that garbage happens to air on the conferences network. I expect that crap from the Fox Sports Radio guys. They clearly didn't listen to it. But when Lane Kiffin stands on that stage and says, "Look, I can't complain because I use it, but I use it because I have to." This system is not what's best for college football, but I have to use it because it's how you have to win. And he says that, and then on that same network where it aired, you've got guys saying, oh, he's a hypocrite because have you looked at Lane's roster? There's portal guys all over it. What a hypocrite. It's like, you didn't you didn't listen to him. You didn't hear him. It's garbage. It's lowbrow. Try your best to tune it out. It is a very unserious production, and, and everything Lane Kiffin said today for somebody that actually listened to him was spot on. The players getting paid is a good thing. And he said that he likes that it happens and it is a good thing. There are things that come with that that create issues. Because it's not marketing. You guys know this. It's pay for play. And with the way that the system is set up, it's the exact opposite of the NFL. When a rookie gets drafted in the NFL, they have a very specific contract structure that keeps their pay low, essentially, until it's time for a deal. The highest paid players in the NFL are not rookies. Some of the highest paid players in college football are quarterbacks that will not start for their team this year. That's an issue. It's okay to call that an issue. I support players getting paid. I think that it was long overdue. I think that they should get some sort of cut from these hundred, few hundred million dollar a year television deals. I think that they should get some cut of that. But that doesn't mean it's not without its problems. Lane Kiffin's not a hypocrite for saying, hey, I use this, but the volatility of rosters and and the ability to just up and leave whenever you feel like with no structure is not really good for the sport. He's spot on, and it doesn't make him a hypocrite for using the portal. You have to if you want to win. You know what they say, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? Well, a bunch of losers on the SEC Network and on Fox Sports Radio decided that uh, they wanted to hate the player today because I assume hating on Lane Kiffin gets them all the clicks that they want. But ignore it, I, I guess, as I spend 15 minutes talking about it. I listen to it so you don't have to. Ignore it. It's, it's garbage. And he, he was spot on today. Laid it out actually really nicely. Here's the pros. Here's the cons. Here's why it's difficult to manage. I use it because I have to. I don't think it's great for the sport, but it's what you have to do to win. I want the players to get paid. I think they should get paid, but the system is unregulated and wrong. And LeBron James has more restrictions than Quinshawn Judkins, and that's a problem. Nothing wrong with what he said. He was really good today and really sharp. Um, I guess I need to start doing crap like that, though. If I ever want to get a national platform, i got to just not listen to anything and not actually hear somebody and just rip on him. Um, I, I don't understand how that is what the SEC Network puts on for hours a day as their premier... 
Anyway. Anyway. It's crap. Lane was good today. Really good today. I'll play a couple of those clips for you after I tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com. That's the website. ABSMS.com. If your business is in the market for office technology. Anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security. Everything in between. And you're in Mississippi and you need that tech. Check them out. ABSMS.com. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is. And they will find a solution for you on me. Again, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They got locations scattered across the state of Mississippi. So there's very likely one in your backyard. Uh, They have online banking like every bank does. My old bank had online banking, but it was not a one-stop shop. I needed more than an internet connection. I needed that and multiple apps to do everything I wanted to do with uh, with my money. Not the case at all. Not the case with Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. Priority One Bank. So let's start with, let's see, which one do I want to start with? The end of last year, Kiffin actually got out ahead of this. Uh, in his opening statement, he talked about what he did, specifically what he did wrong at the end of last year. This is a really interesting quote, and uh, I'll play that for you right now. Here it is. I didn't do a very good job at the end of the year keeping our team together. I think, not as an excuse, but I set it up here a year ago. You know, the challenge is when you have such a roster overhaul and so portal-heavy, and I've said I've always been concerned about culture issues when you do that because you don't have kids that have been there very long. So, um, And I said one of those challenges, even if you look at the NBA when they put together these good free agent teams, is if seasons don't go great, it's very hard to keep keep everybody playing at a high level because the expectations were so high. So I think down the down the stretch there um, after the Alabama game um, I didn't do a good enough job of finding a way to keep our guys playing at a high level because we did not play to our standards at the end of the season so so a couple of things uh, stood out to me uh, in that cut the first is uh, and I understand why I'm not being critical there's no reason to stand up on that stage and rehash what I'm about to say none so I'm not blaming him for not bringing this up or talking about it at all I wouldn't have done it either I would advise would have advised him not to do it but there was also the uh the Auburn thing that uh, to some degree whatever degree you want to debate is fine to some degree there's the Auburn thing that also contributed to some of the distraction uh, some of the angst, some of the poor play, possibly. Some people close to the, the program will tell you that that uh, was a huge, huge deal, and some people will tell you that, eh, not so much. Judkins today, for example, said that uh, he really attributed that to injuries, uh, that when the injuries started piling up is is really what caused them to, to kind of unravel uh, a little bit. So, uh, Auburn was a factor to some degree. I think that's kind of undeniable, but to, to what degree, who knows? And that's up for debate. Uh, however, and to give him credit, he did spend all offseason last year talking about team chemistry. And I don't know if it was just because of portal guys that 
he thought that that was going to be an issue or he felt that there was going to be an issue, not because of roster composition, but because of individual, if that makes sense. So not just, well, the team's got transfers, so they're not going to be together. It's He, he felt something within the locker room because he talked about it a lot going into last season was uh, the issue of of team chemistry. And the only way that Lane can cure, if you want to use that word, any leftover fan angst about how last year went down is by winning football games. Like, nothing he can say at a press conference will... If anybody's still holding on to that, the only way he's going to cure that is by winning. Winning cures everything anyway, as you guys know. But hearing him acknowledge that, I thought was... um, was different, and a good different, a positive different, because three major features have been done on him from ESPN and what was the other one, The Athletic? Outkick was one for sure that talked about the end of last season, and it was really, it was Auburn-focused and Auburn-focused, and in none of those stories did he really come down on himself. And that the, the the downfall at the end of last season was not just because the schedule got tougher, as as state people say all the time to me. Um, that Alabama game and and everything that came after that injuries, Auburn, the emotions of losing that game the way they did uh, created a whirlwind, and it wasn't managed well. And we, you know, we said it at the time and got some pushback on that, but Lane Kiffin stood on that stage today and said, I didn't handle that well. Kind of was worried about that going into the season, but I needed to do a better job. I'm paraphrasing here, but I needed to do a better job. I didn't handle that well. And, and hearing a coach admit a fault like that in that setting is rare. You don't hear that very often. The Man, I did not handle that well. I didn't. You don't hear that very often. Everything's got to be spun positively. And he didn't he didn't mention Auburn and he shouldn't have. But for some reason that stood out to me. I found that to be significant because I, I listened to the other 13 coaches and I don't think any of them would have stood there and said, "Yeah, you know, I screwed up bad. I managed last season terribly." It doesn't usually go like that. And so, anyway, I, I found that impressive. Um, if that mentality spills over into the way he coaches and approaches his team, that's a very positive sign uh, for you. Again, it's talking season. Nothing that is said on that podium matters, but that definitely um, stood out to me for uh, for sure. Also, by the way, if there's anybody, and I know none of you think this because I've told I've told you guys, and I'm sure you've heard everywhere, that uh, Pete Golding was not forced out at Alabama. Nick Saban said as much. Um, and we talked about that on the radio show, and, and some some state fans texted in and was like, oh, that's just coach speak. Like, you really don't believe that, do you? And I said, yeah, listen to the quote. Listen to what he's saying. Nick Saban would not stand there and lie to make Ole Miss look good. Because that's what that's what these people that's what these state fans that were texting were saying. They're when Nick Saban openly admits 
Pete left my program to go to a, a division rival, if you want to use that word. That makes Nick not look good. It it makes him look quote-unquote bad, right? He got his defensive coordinator poached by somebody within the division. He said that. And, oh, it's coach speak. No. You don't lie about getting your defensive coordinator poached by somebody in your own division. You don't. That makes no sense whatsoever. So, I already knew it was true. You guys already knew it was true, but hearing Nick Saban kind of admit that, I, I thought was uh, another interesting part of the goings-on uh, this week. I'll play you another cut here, actually. I, I have kind of worn thin on talking about Portal and NIL. I think I'm kind of done for the year on that. Uh, even though Lane was really good today, and uh, it, it made headlines, um, smart people that cover the sport covered what he said today really well. But I I agree with a lot of what he said. And I've talked to you guys about it before with the the free agency being an annual thing and how that's a problem and, and NFL players don't have that right and things need to be reined in, but I want players to... Like, I've talked with you guys about that uh, a lot already. So I don't know if rehashing that would be best pod. So I, I'm going to avoid that. You guys have heard my opinion on that before. You know what I think about what Lane said. There's no reason to like break down every little thing he said. You know how I feel about that already. At least I think you do. So I'm going to move on to, to something that was pretty funny, actually. So uh, he was asked about uh, the, the Tennessee sanctions. And um, I, I, just, I find that not funny, actually. It, it's more um, you can hear some frustration uh, in his voice about Tennessee's penalties or lack thereof. And um, yeah, here that is right now. But I didn't take long. Um, I got a lot of thoughts on that case and the case at USC and the case at Tennessee and the penalties and all that. And I'm not really going to get into that. Um, we're here to talk about the Ole Miss team, you know. Happy for Coach Heupel. I read where he was ecstatic about the penalties and the $8 million fine. So that kind of probably tells you about how severe the penalties are in their eyes. So um, I'm happy for them that they don't have to go through what we went through. Um, so good for them. Coach. So as you heard, that got a laugh in the room. But you, you've got to remember that when he took over at Southern Cal, they got absolutely hammered by the NCAA because of things that happened on the previous staff. I mean, they got hammered by the NCAA, and that really, you know, limited what he could do as as a coach there. At you know, everybody makes fun of him getting fired on the tarmac, but if you look into what those sanctions were and what they were dealing with. He actually handled himself really well there as a coach. I mean, that overcoming that had to have been extremely difficult, and I don't think anybody really uh, knew that at the time or, or gave him credit for, um, hell, they won 10 games uh, one year while dealing with crippling sanctions, and then you turn around, you deal with that at USC, your dream job, you get fired on the tarmac, and you have to reset your career, basically, and then you look at, I mean, worse things that went on in in the conference 
or, or doesn't matter, right? USC's not in the SEC, but worse things that went on and nothing happened. So his career got derailed by the NCAA, and then he looks up and Tennessee gets a nice little, not even a slap on the wrist, like a little tickle is all they got. Um, and you could hear it in the, his tone of voice, at, saying it without saying it, he was essentially calling the NCAA the clowns there, um, in effect. So, you know, everybody laughed, but I feel his pain on that. I mean, it, it's... If you've dealt with NCAA sanctions, and, and you you guys know what that's like, to watch what happened to, to his career, and then for Ole Miss fans, uh, to, to see what happened with the NCAA when they caught literally half of the money at Ole Miss that they did Tennessee, and to see Tennessee get off light with basically nothing... Is frustrating as hell, you know, and uh, and to hear that from Lane's perspective, when he's very likely not even thinking about Ole Miss uh, in that moment, at least I don't think so. He's more thinking back to USC and and what he got hammered for, and now Tennessee has their coach openly talking about, yeah, yeah, I was pretty thrilled about the sanctions we got. It's insane, but uh, again, that's part of the bad system that we have. But don't you dare say it, or Fine Mom's going to call you a hypocrite. So, uh, last thing, this was funny. Uh, he was asked to rank the best uh, booster factions in the SEC, and uh, this is really good. Um, you know, he wanted to say Texas A&M here. At least I think so. But uh, this is the kind of stuff I was talking about today, though—just loose and funny, on top of being pretty insightful and engaging. So, here's that final cut for you. Lane Kiffin, after being asked, uh, who has the best and richest boosters in the SEC? Rank them for me. I'm not about to start putting rankings out on boosters (laughs) from top to bottom in the conference. Um, God, I want to so bad, though. The commissioner said, remember, we've grown a lot, and you don't have to respond to every question, you know, to show everybody you have the answer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that on this situation. Um, but like I said kind of before, you want to look at the best, the best boosters in the country and eventually the, best, the schools that have the most money that decide to pay the players the most, just look at recruiting rankings the next few years, and that will give you your answer. And that's just really good stuff from Lane uh, from Lane there. But anyway, so there's some thoughts, long thoughts, actually. I didn't expect to go this long tonight, but that's okay. Appreciate you guys uh, stopping by and checking it out. On, uh, on Lane Kiffin's day at the podium, again, tomorrow, I've got uh, the, the player interviews for you and uh, looking forward to showing you that. i got to give you some thoughts on them, too. Why not, before we wrap up? Um, Ole Miss picked well. Uh, I came away really impressed by all three of them. Quinchon Judkins is interesting as can be. He's he's a unique dude. Um, he sounds like he's from California. I use the word dude. He kept, he kept saying dude. Asked him about being a skateboarder. Um, he's sharp, and I really like him. Cedric Johnson's been to this before, so he, so he was buttoned up. Uh, talked about his health. Um, I'm a big fan of Cedric Johnson's. He seemed uh, very 
very mature. And I know he's a veteran guy, so maybe he should be. But I, I came away really impressed by him and DeAndre Prince uh, as well. Uh, bonded with him over fatherhood, so that uh, that was really cool. Um, he mentioned that he, he's got a one-year-old, and uh, you, you know, you guys know the the new parent look. I, I still have it to this day. I talk about my kid too much, honestly. I got an email from a listener that told me to stop, and um, I'm not going to because uh, why would I? Anyway, point is uh, watching watching that that young uh, that young man. What am I, 50? Young man? I'm 31. Watching his face light up when uh, when he brought up his little one I thought was uh, was really cool. So they were really impressive. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, they, they selected well. They represented the school really well. I, I came away um, really interested in Judkins. Uh, I bonded with DeAndre Prince, I guess. And uh, I, Cedric Johnson's got a fan in me. I, um, I'm really, 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 really impressed uh, by his maturity and and his answers and stuff like that. So you'll hear all that tomorrow. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.